0: Welcome to The Fight with Teddy Atlas, presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by the voice of combat sports, the legend, Teddy Atlas. Teddy, how you doing?
1: I'm doing good. My UConn team is, uh, listen, if you listened to this show a few months ago, hmm. all the way back in October, before the college basketball season started, right, Ken? I mean, this is yep. all facts. Go, go Like the it's great true. Warner Wolf used to say, go to the videotape. You know, <laughs> if you yep. go back, I had spoken. Danny Early brought me in to speak to the team, the UConn men's basketball team. And after I spoke to them, I said, they're winning the, they're going to the final four, and then they're cutting the nets down. Well, they're in the final four, by the way. And I believe they're cutting the nets down because we didn't come this far for nothing. Uh, and the reason I felt. They didn't
0: come this far to just come this far.
1: No. and And after. And the reason I said it, I laid it out there. After I met the players, I talked to them. They listened. They were respectful. They were good kids. But obviously good athletes, Division One athletes. They got a little bit of everything. They got this kid Hawkins, the best pure shooter in all of college basketball. They got... Sonogo, the the big center, who's unreal, one of the best centers, if not the best in the paint. Uh, they got a backup freshman who's seven foot four, seven foot three. That's incredible. Uh, they they got Jackson, who's a tremendous leader. They and he does every he could jump out of the arena, but he does a little bit of everything. But they have all these. Everyone knows their role. They have all the role players, everyone. And one of the things I had talked to him about was getting an identity. Uh, For me, that's the most important thing a trainer can do. Give a fighter an identity. Who am I? You can't be Muhammad Ali one round and the next round you think you're Joe Frazier. You got to know who you are every time you get in that ring. And and in business, in your business, in everything, you have to have an identity. And we talked about they have an identity. They're Marvin Hagler. They 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 are tough. They're gritty. They they don't have necessarily the speed of Sugar Ray Leonard or or you know the the pure power of of Tommy Hearns, but they got a little bit of everything, and they're solid in all areas. They play great defense. They play organized offense, and they got the best coach. And that was another thing. I walked away. I said. Danny Hurley is the best coach in college basketball. And people were laughing at me. They were like, what, who, what, who, ah, ooh. And now he's becoming a superstar. He's being interviewed by Charles Barkley, one of my favorite people on the planet, by the way, Charles Barkley. He just is because he tells the truth. He's intelligent. He thinks out what he's going to say. Don't say it just for, you know, just for reaction to be on TV. But he's not afraid to say something that somebody else afraid of saying because of political correctness or or whatever well i mean he he used to be best friends with michael jordan he said something jordan didn't like they don't talk anymore so i (laughs) i i really i've always liked charles barkley uh real quick i just i segue into that real quick i listened to barkley over the weekend when he was doing these games and i can't remember exactly what it was But they were talking about something with the NCAA, with the programs, with the college basketball, that they got to change something. And they're talking about it.
0: Oh, I can tell you what it was. The the head of the NCAA, I think it's Charlie Baker, former governor of Massachusetts, said... I can't even believe he said it with a straight face that they that they need to put regulations in place to manage basically the new NIL pro, pro, program where players are get, essentially getting paid. And he said, you know, maybe we have to go to Washington and talk to the politicians. And Charles Barkley That's came it. out and said, Bob, politicians are the most corrupt group of people. If we need exactly. them to help us, we're dead in the I, water. I basically.
1: Charles Barkley for things like that. He said he went even further. He said they're bad people. They're bad
0: people. Yeah, they are. And, and, and he 100%. said, and look,
1: we know they're not all. But, but he got his point across. And, yep. I mean, very few people would say that. I know there were people in the studio cringing when he said it.
0: Oh, they must have had a panic attack.
1: But that's why I love Charles Barkley anyway. But getting back to UConn, they're in the Final Four. Uh, I think now they're going to win the whole thing, like I said. I said it. If you went to my bookie in October... You, if you were smart enough to do what my son Teddy did, and he's not a gambler, but being that his father talked to the team and felt the way I felt, he put a little peanut down at 33 to 1, Ken. I think it was 33, whatever it was, but before the season started. He, he's looking pretty good. He's looking pretty good right now at 33 to 1, baby. He's, he's buying dinner. He's buying dinner. I tell you, that <laughs> much I'm going to get out of it. I'm going to get a dinner out of it. Um, but good human beings, good people. I always say this is strength to character. Every one of these kids, I just told you why I thought they were going to win, but the main reason every element like i said good coaching great coaching it shows every time they get on the court but good people there's strength in having character there's strength in being selfless there's strength in caring about the right things there's strength in caring about others sometimes as much if not more than yourself because you'll go further for others than you'll go for yourself sometimes it's it's the truth Sometimes for yourself, you get to a limit. you get to a place where you say, okay, that's, that's enough, you know. But when you're doing it for someone else, you, you have, it just seems like you will go further. You say, no, no, I can't let this person down. You know, I, I, have, to, I, I have to go the extra little mile. Where for yourself, you'd be satisfied. You, you'd be able to make up a reason why it was enough. But you can't make up a reason why it's not it's enough when it's for someone else. So I I just wanted to just put that out there that it really does pay to have character. It does that those I always talk about those quiet, not neon talents. I, I talk about, you know, the neon talents, speed, power, jumping ability, you know, explosiveness. Beautiful, beautiful. And they have that. But how about the non-neon talents, the quiet talents? I look for that in fighters. I look for that in people. The talent of being dependable. The talent of reliability. The t- talent of resiliency. The talent of consistency. How about those talents? They show up everywhere. They show up whether it's on a basketball court, the football field, the baseball diamond, the basketball hardwood, wh- whatever it is, or in a in a courtroom if you're a lawyer, or in a classroom if you're a teacher, wherever the heck it is. Those abilities, they they don't have shelf lives. They they stay with you. While the other ones sometimes can evaporate a little bit. They can erode a little bit. We all know that. So those are the talents that I saw in these kids. And it's not an accident. The coach recruited these kids for that reason. Anyway, I, I hope you guys listen to me. I hope you went to my bookie. I know Ken did. I know Ken did. I know he's not saying nothing. He ain't saying nothing, <laughs> but I'm getting a dinner from him too. Believe me, I'll figure it out. I'll, uh, I'll get one from him and Rob because they're coming here this week. They're flying all the way into New York to bring you guys fight plans. And I tell you, we better get big numbers for a couple reasons. I'm not afraid to say it when I feel strong about Some First of all, we usually do a damn good job where our percentage of winning is pretty damn good. And we laid out why somebody's going to win and what to look for. So if not only if you're betting a little bit on it, we never want you to go crazy. Only what you can afford to bet, if you are. But just to help you enjoy it, you don't have to bet. Just to help you enjoy what to look for. And it, it takes a lot of work to do these fight plans. So if you guys ain't, the numbers have been high. But if they don't continue to be high, I ain't doing them. I ain't doing them. <laughs> so if you guys really like them, and I know a lot of you love them, then show it. Tell your friends. Watch the damn things. But we're doing one on the obvious one, Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis. would we'll do that one. That'll be coming up. And then we're doing one on Inouye and and Fulton. 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 That, that's, uh, that's one that shouldn't slip under the radar. That's a very interesting one. So anyway... Look forward to those. The other thing as far as doing this opening, my weekend, speaking of, talking about speaking to teams, I was asked to go out to Utah, so that's where I've been. I just got back. And I went out there to speak to the University of Utah um, football team at their facility at the university. They do a, a yearly coach's clinic for the state. And they have keynote speakers. Uh, I think uh, one year they had uh, Vermeil the former coach of the, you know, Mike, uh, the former coach, Dick Vermeule. They had him, uh, they had Kurt Warner, the Hall of Fame quarterback, uh, who has got a remarkable story. He came from arena football to become a Hall of Fame NFL football player, which is pretty damn, uh, pretty extraordinary. Um, yeah. Uh, hey, believe me. He had to have some of those quiet talents to do that, by the way, that I just finished talking about. Otherwise, you don't do that. So they flew me out there. They And I saw the same thing that I saw at UConn. Good human beings. Good coaching. Whittingham, uh, they, the guy that runs everything out there, Pedro Canoe, uh, Canoe, whatever, whatever. Um, and and I'm always mispronouncing people's names, but you know what? <laughs> I I only mention them because they impress me. So yeah. Reggie Dunn, another kid that was a, I I met when I spoke to the to the group and to all the coaches, and they had a real good turnout. They said it was their best turnout they've had, which I felt very good about. I recognize again, it's a winning program. They beat USC in a Rose Bowl last year. Obviously, Whittingham is a great coach, knows what they're doing. But I see why. Again, yeah, they got the the athletes. They got the smart coaches, but they got good people. Everybody there, good people, solid citizens. People that care beyond their own little universe of what's only important to them. You know they have those qualities and those qualities again i know i repeat myself they there's a strength to them you know it's not a muscular strength it's a character strength but it's a strength that shows up it shows up in your arena of play whatever that arena of play may be so anyway i had a good good talk out there they flew my son my his wife, his son, out from Vegas, so they were with me over the weekend. That was a huge plus to have my son there with me. Um, and uh, the only negative was coming home. I had to, I had to trip through hell. Uh, I, you know, Utah there's snow. Snow showed up in the morning. I I'm, I'm leave the hotel at eight in the morning, and I get, we get to the airport. My son. My daughter-in-law, my little grandson, we get there going to Vegas. I'm going back to Newark. Bang. Flight canceled. And then hours sitting there. They decide to reroute me through Fort Worth, Texas to LaGuardia Airport. Uh, eight o'clock in the morning. I don't get in until after midnight. But here's oh, the gosh. thing. It's okay. You know what? It's okay. Because God is good. God is good because I'm getting on, you know, I know you, you'd be really upset. And I was a little bit, I was, no, no, I am just so saying, I, I, I know, and, but I'm, I'm a little up, but I'm controlling it. And I say, Hey, what are you going to do? I'm, there's many people that are going through the same thing I'm going through. So I get on, I wait hours now in the airport and I'm doing my work for the show. I'm sitting in the airport doing my work for the show and because Pedro Cano was good enough to set up the pay-per-view in his room that we could watch the plant fight, we could watch all the fights, the UFC fights, so I could tweet with my tweeting team, Twitter team. We, we did a great job. By the way, we hit the air twice, Ken. Again, our tweets got up on the yeah, air twice. I saw that. Yeah, twice. So here I am in the airport coming back couple hours layover, sitting there, getting on my flight to Dallas-Fort Worth. I had no intention, no desire to go to Fort Worth, Texas. And here I am. I'm getting there. I'm getting on a plane. I'm walking on a plane. They gave me all first class, everything first class seats. I don't have first class no more because everything got rerouted, right? So I'm uh. so, it's okay. All right, what are you going to do? But here's where it gets a little it gets a, it gets a little dicey. I'm walking in, I'm walking, I'm getting closer and closer. My seat is twelve, I think it was twelve A, and I'm getting closer and closer. I look. You know, you do that, don't you, Ken? You look ahead to see who's in the seat next to you, right? You know, <laughs> of I mean, course it's human nature. So I'm looking to see who I'm sitting next to, right? All of a sudden I'm looking, I'm looking. There's a man sitting, and I, it's, it's very close to my area, with a poodle in his lap. A poodle in his lap. <laughs> I'm a dog lover, but I don't want to fly with a guy next to me with a freaking poodle in his lap. Are you? I mean, like, they make those cages for a reason. They make them... I, and listen, I don't need peta now or whatever they're called calling us now and complaining. I'm, I'm not saying all animals should be in a cage, but when they're on a plane, yeah, put them in a cage. All right. But don't have them on your lap licking the, your, the, the passenger next to you sitting on the lap when, when he's trying to fly home.
0: And you know that the guy with the dog probably thinks it's the coolest thing in the world. Oh, you love my dog, don't you? I'm like... Mother effer, I'm allergic to dogs. Get him off me. He I don't said, want this. You're I don't want to be near your dog. You've been near, there. Near you've been dog. there. See, Ken, of course. You're like,
1: you're like a... You're, right now, you're serving like a, a psychiatrist because <laughs> you're saying exactly... <laughs> what happened because the next part Denny, of it the
0: same thing applies to your dog and your kids when you're on a flight you're the only person that likes those kids and that dog <laughs> well, that no one true. else wants oh, to be near them well,
1: that's true respect that <laughs> i know and so here he is with this poodle sitting on his lap he's not in a cage he's on his lap in a <laughs> crowded plane overbooked and i'm not in first class no more i'm sitting back okay and i'm sitting there but uh, come on i didn't i didn't book of flight on noah's ark you know what i'm saying <laughs> I'm, so here i am and i'm walking i'm getting close across <laughs> oh please please no i mean it's been tough enough but please not this and boom he's in 13 i'm in 12 i said Oh, God, thank you, God. God <laughs> God is good. I get in there, and then to your point, I get in there, I sit down, I'm happy now. I sit down, and I hear this, I hear the guy in the back, the poor guy gets in that seat that could have been me, could have been me, yeah. gets in, and I hear the guy saying, Oh, he's a good traveler. Aren't you, goopy boopabooka? Boop, you know he's, good. <laughs> oh, he's a good. Tra- he might give you a little lick, but but he's a good. And I'm like, thank you, God for, <laughs> thank you, God for for not having me back one seat further back. Thank you, thank you, because I don't know what I, I I'm not even going to go there, but. When I heard the, the guy, the selfishness
0: oh, of some people is next level. Like, okay, you want to bring a dog? He's a, a good dog, traveler. Cool, he's you're the poor person, person that wants oh, don't, that.
1: Don't worry, Bootsy. Bootsy is a good traveler. He he might he might give you a little lick, but but it's all it's all good. No, it's not good. I don't want you to talk lick me.
0: <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> Why stop at a dog? Can you bring your parrot or your snake <laughs> or your turtle? Like, what? Where is? Where do we draw the line?
1: I mean, <laughs> so anyway, I. I closed my eyes, I put my, I, I put my <laughs> headset on, and I had a big smile on my face. Anybody walk past, they say, boy, Teddy's very happy. I was just, I was just. <laughs> dodged the bullet. I just dodged the dog or the bullet. All right, uh, so the only other thing I would mention is on the plane, I saw they were advertising, or maybe it was in the airport, the George Foreman movie coming out. And I was like, you know what? People were telling me, Teddy, somebody's playing you in George Foreman. A few people have been telling me that. And I, I had no idea. I didn't even know it was a movie, to be honest. And I looked Someone you,
0: should tell the producers that we know a guy who might be able to play Teddy Atlas. His well, name's Teddy Atlas. Well, here's the thing.
1: <laughs> Dope. So they got someone <laughs> playing me. It's fine. But here's the thing. I love George Foreman. He's one of my favorite people in the whole world, even though he did something mean to me by beating my fighter. But- <laughs> But, I, but that is one role that I did not want. I did not want one. That's one part, Ken, I did not want in a movie and, and where they got someone playing me in a fight that my fighter gets beat by George Foreman so George Foreman <laughs> can make history. That's one yeah. movie role that I rather would have avoided, just like avoiding that dog in that seat. You know what I mean? Along the same kind of lines. But George George, George deserves a movie, so whatever.
0: Yep, you know what else you avoided? Uh, Getting sick because you travel with Athletic Greens. Go to athleticgreens.com slash Atlas and take advantage of the 10 free travel packs with your first purchase. Teddy used the travel packs while he was in Utah. Take one packet daily. Gets all your vitamins, nutrients, and minerals that you need. 75 whole food sourced ingredients. These guys have been with us from the beginning. I take it every day. Teddy takes it every day. We give this a gigantic, the fight with Teddy Atlas approval stamp. Please check out athleticgreens.com Atlas. And when you're not taking your supplements, the other, per- the other product you should be using is Factor. Factor is ready-to-eat healthy meals delivered straight to your door. I've been loving these things. I get the. I've been getting the plant-based um, meals, Teddy, just they're because I want to make sure. They're I very good. They're
1: very good. They're very healthy, but they're they they're convenient. I said this before, and for me, that's a big deal because you're rushing to do something, to do the show, to run out to go to the gym, to, to go to work, to do the whatever. I'm, I'm running to get my grandkids at school, and you know, you you try. You got a lot of things on your agenda. Well, I just got back from Disney. Everyone knows that running all over the place. You, you got to grab something. You got and and you want to grab something a little bit better than a Snickers bar. I mean, you know, as as Andy Ruiz hit hit testified to that. You know, he he probably would love to have a few of these things. And I'm just joking. I'm not knocking Andy Ru, Ruiz. He was heavyweight champ of the world i i appreciate that i respect that but just saying you gotta when you're in a hurry you gotta look for something that you can eat quick that does the job that still gives you satisfaction gives you the nutriment you want and um does it in small packages and they do
0: yeah yeah, I've been, I've been getting the vegan meals only because I'm, I like to make sure that I'm getting all my vegetables during the day. And um, Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, pop them in the microwave, heat them up, ready to go. Uh, no matter your preference, Factor has you covered. They're delicious and have options like keto, calorie smart, vegan, vegan and veggie, and protein plus and more. Head to factormeals.com slash Atlas 50. Again, factormeals.com slash atlas50. Use the code atlas50 to get 50% off your first box. The code is atlas50 at factormeals.com slash atlas50. 50% off your first box. Speaking of box, let's talk boxing, Teddy. Wow, busy, busy weekend. Um, we had, oh man, the Benavidez. Benavidez and um, Plant plant fight on the undercard was packed with uh, interesting fights. Joey Spencer was fighting Chris Colbert. So let's go through them, starting with the undercard. Let's start with Joey uh, Spencer versus Jesus Ramos. Battle of the undefeated junior middleweights. Spencer gets dropped in the first round and the fight didn't get better from him from there. One-sided beatdown for Jesus Ramos. Um, Joey's corner stops the fight halfway through the uh, seventh round. His dad was in the corner there. Um, I'm curious to get your thoughts here if you think that this was... Ramos was better than the Spencer camp expected or Spencer wasn't as good as maybe the promoters thought he was, but um, this was a clash of unbeaten fighters and it was a one-sided beatdown for Jose Ramos, for Jesus Ramos. What did you think? Listen,
1: Ken, I'm going to get right to the point. I've said it many times. I make it like a cliché-ish type thing where there's a commercial from years ago with a guy selling a Fram oil filter and he says, look, You can pay $5 for this oil filter now or don't pay and then pay $5,000 to get a new engine a year from now. And that's all I have to say. That's it. You know, pay me now or pay me later. They're not doing favors. You see it all the time, you know, where. Whether it's PPC, whether it's Haven uh, and PPC, whether it's Hearn with his group, whether it's definitely Aaron with ESPN, where they feed these prospects. They decided he's a prospect, right? And they feed them raw meat, liquid diet. And then when they finally have to eat something solid, they burp. Okay. They throw up all over themselves. Um, Spence showed a lot of heart. Spencer, he showed a lot of heart. I'm not knocking him, but he's he, he he's not that kind of fighter, and and so there's a couple things. How could he become that kind of fighter if he's fighting guys that will never show you what you need to know, that will never make you better, that will never take a, make you take a deep breath in a way where mentally you take a deep breath. Technically, physically, where you go back and say, "Oh my God, I gotta, I gotta tighten up on this." You think you're doing everything right. It reminds me of a great story with Joe Namath. Joe Namath, the great quarterback who won the only Super Bowl the Jets support. Jet fans, I feel bad for. Uh, the only Super Bowl that the Jets ever won in '69, and he made the prediction. Because it was Joe Namath, he got a gig on Monday Night Football. I think it was Monday Night Football for a little while, you know? And he got fired after, I don't know, one, two, whatever. They He wasn't good. He wasn't good. <laughs> and I'll never forget this quote. And it directly relates to what I'm talking about here, people. They said, "What, what did you get fired for? You know, like, and you know what he said? He said, for being good. And you, you know why? He said, because every time I asked somebody, how am I doing? They said, great. Uh, you're doing good. You're doing great. You're doing great. Because nobody told him the truth. So when they asked him, Joe, what do you think you got fired for? For being great. Because they, t- <laughs> I, mean, I mean, perfect. <laughs> and same thing with Spencer. Spencer has been told he's great. And then, why did you get beat up? For being great. Because he never had nobody tell him the truth. Because they never, Because all they did, they thought they were doing him a favor. Feeding him these guys to build the record. Not to build a fighter. Not to create a better fighter. But a better perception. Someone they could sell on TV. A record. And then finally, just like the oil filter guy says, finally, sooner or later, you got to pay. Sooner or later. Pay me now, pay me later. So that day came in the form of Ramos. And Ramos had fought better guys. Ramos was a better fighter. And Ramos, it was a one-way destruction. He took a terrible beating. Terrible beating. And he showed incredible heart and courage. But a horrible beating he took All night long. There was nothing you could say. Well, he did this, he did nothing. He just took, what he did was take a good beating. That's what he did. And I got respect for him in the coverage that he showed, but I'm speaking the truth here. People don't like it. Go change the channel because there's plenty of channels out there that will tell you what you want to hear. Plenty of them plenty of them, but I'm going to tell you what I believe to be the truth, and that's the truth, that one's an easy one, so, and, and I'll tell you, I have to add something here, Heyman, let me tell you, I like Heyman, he overpaces fighters, but that's a fine with me, that's fine with me. You can't pay a fighter enough to get in that ring. So that's fine. I'm with him. He overpays. As long as he can keep doing it, keep doing it. Go ahead. But here's your problem, Al. You do have a little bit of a a, a problem here. I, I love the way you look out for your fighters. The loyalty to them. They lose. Some of them, you still stick with them. I love it. But here's the problem. I don't love when you Putting them in just like I don't love with Arams, putting them in with these one sided fights, and we gotta watch that for two years while they get to that point where they're finally gonna be put in with a Ramos or whatever, and then you're gonna get your moment of truth and you're gonna find out. I don't love watching that. But I'll put up with it to a certain extent. But here's the thing advice to you. And I know that, you know, you're a big promoter, you're doing good and again I appreciate you for the reasons I just said. But I also point out the other, the the little things that aren't as much appreciated, uh, a little bit. None of us do everything right. None of us are perfect, or close to it. I know I'm not. But here's the thing. You've you've made a mistake. We all do. But you're spending all this money, where you're giving it to guys that you think or somebody in your organization thinks is a good bet and a good a a a good um investment of your money and your time and your resources to build the guy up you need to get a quality control guy you need to hire someone who's going to help you make a decision on who those guys you sign are you're not doing the greatest job in the world of those guys you're really not you think you are but you're not even colbert we'll talk about that in a moment there's guys better in a lot of areas in a lot of different areas that you could give them the same money the same resource and you'll get more and I'll use an example, another guy I like, 50 Cent, the rapper, and the movie star, and the producer, and everything else, millionaire, God bless him, all right, I did some of his fights years ago, he became a promoter for five minutes, in boxing, he got into boxing, and I did some of his fights on ESPN, I even did a fight plan with him, I rapped a little bit, I rhymed a little bit, yeah, go look it up, it's out there somewhere, it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty good, it's pretty good. Um. At least I'm saying it is. Fifty Cent didn't last in the business long. He lost millions of dollars. You know why? No quality control guy. He didn't have a guy telling him who to spend the money on. He was spending millions of dollars. Aram took them for cleaning. Aram's good at that. You know he sold him some of his guys that that were that were they were finished. They were done. Whatever. One of them was Gamboa. There was another one, I forget. But whatever. And, and they just, Gamboa used to be a good fighter. But that's the key. He used to be. And he sold him a bill of goods, whatever. The point is, 50 cent only lasted five minutes in the business because he went down the wrong road of where he was spending his money with the wrong guys where it never amounted to what he was hoping it would amount to. You need somebody that advises you, a scout, somebody that advises you and says, this is the guy, nope, don't sign that guy, nope. Let me find the right guys for you. You have this money, you have these resources, you have this energy, you have this this dream, you have this passion, put it in the right places. And you're making bad business decisions. And look, Aram's, not Aram, um, Heyman's a millionaire, so he don't need my advice. I get it. But when it comes to this, before you go, I I, I know I'm saying the same thing, but before you go and you invest, have somebody on your staff. You got all kinds of guys on your staff. Have somebody there that says, okay, yes, no. And you have a better chance of all your money, all your energy being fruitful instead of just going down the the drain. Because no knock on a Spencer or Colbert or or there's a whole bunch of them that they have. I've watched some of these guys a year ago, two years ago, and I listened to the commentators saying they're the next best thing since sliced bread. And I'm like, have you ever had sliced bread? I mean, uh, are you kidding me? You, you must be eating like Ritz crackers that are like 10 weeks old. Are you kidding me? You're telling me this is the best thing since sliced bread? I'm looking at him. Five minutes. And I'm saying, no, he ain't going nowhere. No. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be undefeated. Teddy, he's 12-0. I said he's going to be 20-0 with the guys they're fighting. But then on the 21st fight he's gonna have to fight somebody and that's when you're gonna see what the hell i'm talking about so anyway that's my little rift for today okay um (laughs) what's the next guy colbert we gotta touch on that i guess right
0: yeah chris chris colbert they match him up with jose Venezuela, both coming off losses um for my money, probably 96 93 Valenzuela would have been the right score, but they give it to um, Colbert. He gets the decision. Super controversial, to say the least. Uh, they have it, I think, 95 94. All three judges for um, Colbert. Everyone, the crowd, the, the, the fans the almost problem. pooed Colbert out of the ring. It was, it was a, it, the amount of tweets and, and DMs I got over the weekend about this fight in particular were off the charts. Everyone was outraged. Um, yeah, horrible, horrible judging, horrible judging. Well, the only person maybe with a worse performance than those judges would be Kenny Bayless in the main event. We'll get to that in a minute.
1: Yeah, no, well said. Well said, honestly said, easy one to say. The the fans said it all. They fooled him out of the arena. Um, Even despite-
0: Zero accountability. Nothing's gonna happen. No. The poor kid will no. get second loss in a row. His career is Listen, probably derailed. That's the He'll ugly never part. Be. We'll never hear from him again. I just
1: gave some kudos to Heyman for that he takes care of his fighters. Here's the negative, here's the ugly part of that. He's one of the guys. So he controls judging. He can he's got the power. If they if these judges don't judge the right way, they don't work. I mean uh, there there's some infiltration of of that stuff, of touching where there's too close much closeness between the power of the promoter and the people that are supposed to be executives or executors. Of the sport. You're not supposed to have that closeness. There's supposed to be separation between church and state. There's no separation. There, really. I could go into it. I've gone into it on other podcasts. I'm not going to do it right now and go into a deep dive right now on it. I've done it already. Go back and look at our, in the archives. And you'll find one of them that explains it in more detail, more depth. But you have the people that make money in this business that have influence over the people that are supposed to be, as I just said, the administrators of justice and rules in this business. That's a problem. That's a problem. They have influence over those people, okay? And they, those people know who these promoters want to win. And they know that if they're not being satisfied, they're not going to work. That's 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 a big problem. So the ugly part of, whether it's the Arams, the Heymans, whether it's, you know, the Hearns, it's the whoever, the De La Hoyas, the Warrens, whoever it is that's controlling those little pieces of property in boxing, and that's what it is. There's like five power brokers. The ugly part is that you will get these corrupt decisions. Yeah, call them incompetent if you want, but I would beg to differ and say... Some of these are so bad, nobody could be that incompetent. So whatever you want to call it, but that is part of it too. Yeah, they take care of their fighters. Yeah, they overpay. their are beautiful. But yeah, if you're on the other side and you're fighting one of their guys, you're, gonna, you're not going to get treated so good. And here's this, here's this kid, Colbert, who's dressed like a bumblebee, Right? And and he's arrogant and he's, you know, oh, he, he got beat up his last fight. He came back. Okay. He came back. He fought. He fought a pretty good fight. He fought a, uh, you know, competitive fight. Uh, he showed some heart. He got off the floor. He gets dropped. But he gets dropped. He gets hurt a couple times during the fight. He gets almost knocked out in the last round. I mean, and then you got a kid who's not, you know, Privileged, because Colbert's privileged. See, yeah, I know he comes from a tough background, but right now in his life, he's privileged. He's with Al Heyman. He's privileged. He's being made into a whatever, into a a kid that's gonna be okay if he's smart and and have more money than a lot of other kids that, that in that kind of situation uh, in boxing. He he's one of the privileged ones for being where he is and good form, good form. But not good for Valenzuela. That's the sad part because Valenzuela is not privileged. He's a kid who just went in there with his guts, his trunks, his shoes, his socks, his heart, his dreams. And he went out there and he beat one of the privileged guys. And now what does he get for it? He gets told to go in the back of the effing line and take thousands of more punches and hope you get back here. That's what he was done to him. That's what was done to him. And that's why I'm not working on ESPN no more. You want to know one of the reasons? Because I say it. That's, that's right. But I am working on ESPN. I'm calling UFC Fights. Thanks, guys, for letting me call UFC Fights because I love you. Uh, and I love boxing. And I always will. 50 years in the business. It's my life. And it's given me a life. A good life. And my family. But I tell you, it hurts me. It never stops hurting me to see kids like Viles broken heart, broken hearted, crying, broken hearted when, when he earned the right not to be broken hearted. And, and then, you know, then you got to get a cobra to, and again, he, you know, he, he can't punch. He's a gutsy guy, but he's another one that they would say was the greatest prospect since like, since, Sugar Ray Robinson. Uh, the comment I heard them saying it early in his career, and I was like, "What are these guys talking about?" But now you can see. Now you can see a little bit better. But here's the point: he- Copitt, he acted so arrogant. I mean, look, the other kids upset. I know he's trying to talk to him. The other kids upset. Just let it go but then at the end he sticks his tongue out at him that you know what that just added salt in the wounds because i'll tell you why because it it fits in with my narrative it, it just goes along with what i'm saying the the arrogance the the spoiled brat like he says i know he comes from a tough brat, i said that already but right now he's a spoiled brat because he's were a heyman and he mm, he sticks his tongue out. He was like that kid Ken, that like na 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 na. Yeah, I got my way. You didn't get your na 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 na. I, you know, I got what I wanted. You didn't get it. That's what he was like doing to this kid Valenzuela, except in much more serious circumstances here. This ain't yep. uh, in a. This ain't in a playground. You know what I mean? This ain't in a playground where I I got the ball. You didn't get it. And mommy says I can play and you can't. No, this is much more serious. Like I said, valenzuela has got to go back in the effing line and take thousands of punches to try to get back to take care of his family, to try to get back to the place where, where Colbert is. He is to a certain extent. I know he lost his last fight and he's, his stock has dropped a lot, but he, he's in a comfortable place compared to this Valenzuela. Valenzuela was trying to get to that place, and and he earned the right to get there. And it was taken away from him by by these horrible judges, horrible. I'm going to be Charles Barkley. Yeah, people have actually said that, and that's a great compliment to me. They say, you know, you're the white Charles Barkley. I don't know. maybe <laughs> I, I don't know about that, but I don't know. But anything connected with Charles is good for me because I like Charles I like him as what I already said earlier in the program the kind of person that he is so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say you know I'm gonna say that these judges are horrible people yeah I'm gonna say it I said it there what are you gonna do about it I said the same thing Barkley said the other day on CBS these they're, they're horrible people and again I qualify it I understand they're not all horrible. They're not all bad. But some of them are. And they do great damage to these kids. So horrible, disgraceful, heartbreaking robbery of Venezuela. Um, And that's the problem. You know, it's great to be with Al Heyman. It ain't so great if you're on the other side. You know, it's not so great if you're on the other side. You know, in these kind of fights. Or if you're on the other side of Aram. Or of Hearn, or of any of them, De La Hoya. It's not so great then. So I, I, I just tell you, um, I fought for years. Ken, I fought for years to get a commission, a national commission. Years, years to get a national commission in boxing, and I don't think we're ever going to get it. I, if we were, I probably would have been there to help get it, but. I, I guess it's never going to happen, and that, that would be the only solution.
0: The only way that gets happens is if the fans get together and vote with their feet. They don't show up to these big fights, and they just basically make their voices heard with their with their wallets and stop stop watching. The and I want to I want to make um, one
1: more point. I want to give credit. I knock the crap out of people when I think they should be. Ken, I want to give credit credit to Jim Gray. The commentator, the sideline reporter, former guest
0: of this show. I, I want
1: to, yeah, I want to give him credit, kudos, everything, that he had the guts, the truth, but he had the class and guts to say on the air, and I'm sure the BBC people the, didn't like it. You know, they didn't like it. And, and the head of Showtime takes his orders from Heyman, too. You know, so I'm sure that they didn't like it. I'm sure that they were not thrilled that Jim Gray said to Valenzuela in the ring. I agree with you. You won. I'm sure they didn't like it. And I again, Jim, you're my friend. You know what? I've always liked you. I liked you even better. The other night when I heard you say that, I was proud of you proud of you you don't need teddy atlas but i was proud of you you don't need me to tell you that you have your family to tell you that and yourself to tell you that but i was proud of you because very few commentators do it and i'll tell you i give credit to the commentating team they they don't always get it right but on the whole they were good they told the truth but jim gray really stepped up he really stepped up for me and i think for a lot of people when he stepped up and he said, "Hey, you won that fight right there." When he, when you know his, the people that pay him, weren't happy because most of these guys they never do that, can because they're howling for their meals. All they care about is their paycheck. They don't give a crap about nothing else.
0: Well, Teddy, do you remember the time the guy on ESPN said the same thing to Jeff Horns that he thought he won, that he didn't win the fight against um, against. Um
1: Pacquiao.
0: Why am I spacing Pacquiao? Uh, yeah, yeah, you probably don't remember. His name's Teddy Alice. He's doing a podcast now. <laughs> Thanks for playing, Teddy, but we don't want you pointing out the corruption that's going on, especially when there's a, a, a judge, uh, a decision that goes the way the promoter wants, but not necessarily the way that it should have gone. So credit to Jim Gray for having the guts to do it. We already have evidence where if you speak out against that kind of corruption, you'll, you'll get shit-canned in a heartbeat. So... Credit to Jim Gray. Um, let's get on to a fight that actually delivered everything and then some in terms of what we were expecting and what we were hoping. The main event, David Benavidez puts it on Caleb Plant. So many things to talk about here, Teddy, but some of the things I want to get your opinion on for sure is, first of all, Benavidez is the undefeated fire. Caleb Plant's coming off, uh, I, don't, I don't think it was his last fight, but he lost, to, uh, he got stopped by Canelo. Benavidez undefeated. He's the WBC interim title. Yet he's the B side in this fight. Fighter the, in this fight, he gets introduced first, so he's forced to wait in the plant in the ring for Caleb Plant. Caleb Plant gets a twenty-two foot square foot ring, every advantage to Caleb Plant, which is fine. Listen, I like Caleb Plant. I'm a Caleb Plant fan, but he had every advantage. They put Benavidez in at every disadvantage that they thought that they that they could. And my God, I, my friend Jelly Roll called. We're both friends with Caleb. And he said, what do you think here? And I said, I love Caleb. I hope he wins. I just think Benavides is too good. He can he can hit Benavides, which he did. Backed him up a little bit. Only when he caught him off balance. But Benavides, for the most part, walked right through his shot, shots and big brothered or bullied him all night long. And finally, when he started getting to him, it was like a ball rolling downhill. By the last round, it was like a friggin' gigantic snowball or an avalanche of just beating coming one way. Where even Stephen Stephen um, Breadman, uh, the trainer for um, Caleb Plant, said in the um, in the corner, like, "Hey, I'm gonna stop this if you don't show me something. It's I, I gotta protect you." Yeah, from but that was hysterical.
1: It, that was Comedy Central only in box. because just before that, he said. You're, you're making history. You're going to knock this guy out. Yeah. So you hear... I think he uh, was... Uh, a little, you're, <laughs> I think you're in making his defense, history. he was
0: probably just trying to pump No, no, him but you're making history.
1: You're making it. It was comical, though. You have to admit. You're yeah. making... When they played yeah. that, they did not mean to make fun of him, but in the end, it was like... It really was. It was like something from Living Color with the uh, uh, with uh, the the brothers that I used to watch that I really liked. Um, what were they called? The Wayans. The Wayman brothers. Wayans. But... He i mean, you got an audio track that they put together that they love to <laughs> trainer do tracks. trainer track, they love to do that. And he goes he goes, You're making history, you're knocking this freaking guy out, you know what I mean? and then all of a sudden the next thing, right after that, you hear, listen, if you don't show me something, I'm gonna stop this. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell happened? That's uh wow. St-
0: Steven Edwards. He's been on the show, he trained J Rock, and I I, I kinda of feel for him. No, I think no, he was probably not, trying to motivate it's not inspire. his fault. I, no, I, I the, the trainer the way tracks, they, edited it together, the way they put it terrible. together
1: that's what <laughs> yeah. was terrible
0: yeah well back to the fight because I want your opinion on all these things but I'll just finish with uh, like I said Benavidez too strong too much looked like he was in a different weight class again you could have made Plant. money
1: think, if you listened to our show last week right for sure. Because that's right yep. I, I, said, I, you said, said I said exactly it. what would happen the, only, the, only, go ahead.
0: the other thing I'll say is look, Caleb Plant I think did he got every single ounce of talent he had in himself. Yeah. He just wasn't good enough to fight Benavides. I thought he had the perfect fight plan. But the last thing I wanna say is, Jesus, how many times is Kenny Bayless gonna let Caleb hold on to I don't wanna
1: see Bayless A-F- as a ref anymore. Twenty 20- I'm sorry. T-
0: t- what do you say? And Five I or want six times around idiot. he had to tell holding? I don't wanna hear holden. these
1: idiot fans that say, Oh, you know, he was a solid ref for 30 years. Uh, what has that got to do with now? But you know what? My, your grandfather, your 85 year old grandfather, well, used to be a cab driver. Would you let him drive your kids to school? No! No!
0: I <laughs> might be, Rob, as Teddy would say, Rob, get that clip. That's a good clip. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Kenny Bayless might have done some great things. All I can tell you is on this night, he was awful. And if, 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 if it looked like they told him, "Look, we need Caleb Plant to win at all costs." Okay, I won't call anything. Caleb Plant hit him with a devastating low shot at one point to Benavidez's groin.
1: Maybe accidentally on Caleb purpose. Plant. Maybe accidentally on purpose. But hundred percent, Because because the 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 tide was coming in. The tide and was listen, coming in. To be honest, Teddy, I'm trying if to catch a beat
0: like that. If you're Slown catching a beat like that, and you know, and you know you're going to get at least one warning. Maybe it's a good strategy. Yeah. I mean, just... But I will say this. How many times does he have to hold on to him and stop the action for Kenny Bayless to let them fight? He started to let them fight a little bit in close. Then there was the headbutt, which wasn't catastrophic by any means. And Kenny Bayless jumps in and calls in the doctor at the slightest sign of blood. Okay, it was No, a headbutt, no, you
1: know but. what that did? I'm, I'm going to piggyback on that. That changed the whole outcome The way the fight was going, because he was going to stop him. I'm going to go out there. Listen, Plant showed nothing but courage and heart and grit and behaved like a champion fighter all night. I give him credit for that. I give him credit for Uh, that. I give him credit for that. But he was going to get stopped. He was the only thing that stopped him from stopping. Uh, stop, Benavides from stopping. Plant was the ref. He was fighting two people that night. That at that particular moment, he was going to stop him. I believe that doesn't mean that I'm that that I'm right. I believe, and he st- he gave him a chance to recover. He changed the rhythm of the the dynamic of the fight, the rhythm of the fight, the flow of the fight. R- Bell has changed that dramatically right there. Where if he doesn't do that. If he doesn't step in there, I think better gets the stoppage, which obviously he was looking for. Look, either way, he won the fight. The only guy I want to see Bell is gone, and I want to see that referee gone that had it one fifteen, one thirteen. Um, the judge, yeah, that judge. I'm sorry, I want to see the. I don't want to see either one of them. Ever again, unless I go to like Montana to a witness protection place and, and I, walk into, <laughs> I walk into Rite Aid and I see them, you know, uh, in the aisle with dark glasses on, you know, uh, buying Sominex, you know, because they're having trouble sleeping because their conscience is getting the better of them. You know what I mean? Other than that, I don't want to see those guys. I don't want to see them no more. I mean, Bayless did everything he could to ruin a good fight to ruin a fight, to undo what these fighters were doing. They were doing their job. The referee's supposed to do his, he wasn't. And the judge didn't do his when he had a 115, 113. But uh, that's what Tim it was. Tim
0: Cheatham, let's make sure he gets the recognition. Well, no. Tim Cheatham had it 15, 13 for, um, for Caleb Plant. And I look at that fight How and appropriate, I say, you, how you.
1: appropriate is that that's his name?
0: <laughs> Tim Cheatham. The perfect name. <laughs> hey can't make this you up fight, you
1: can't make this stuff up ken
0: <laughs> when you look at that fight as a whole if you just did if you weren't scoring it and i at the end of that fight i said what do you think you'd say one guy beat the brakes off the other i don't know it's obvious no you and know I what say, i would say well, that guy I only wins that, by one ken, round i would say one round i would say
1: i think the judge was trying to cheat him
0: <laughs> clearly i think but the what judge i was, was gonna say, to say to is cheat what do you think's worse I, and I don't. I, I've never had any suspicions about anything unscrupulous with Kenny Bayless, and I'm not trying to s- stir, stir crap with him. But if you look at that fight and you don't know anything about it, and you didn't know who the ref was, and you watch that, you'd be like. The guy the ref clearly is in favor of caleb plant he's letting him get away with freaking holding it Benavides. He's, he's, he's reprimanding Benavitas after every round stop talking stop doing this stop doing that not one single time did he say if you no. hold him again i'm taking a point i said every time they got close i sent
1: a tweet out before the fight i don't know why Benavitas came in so light because he's a big guy he came in light now i know why yeah. he was in extra 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 good shape because he had to fight two opponents he, he had to fight two opponents, so he came in a little lighter to fight the referee and to fight Caleb Plant. That's why he came in light. I'm, uh, that's, there's no other explanation because he did fight two people. He did fight two people. That Look, I'll break the fight down. First round, give it to whoever you want. Nothing happened. Second round, give it to Plant. first
0: of all when you say give it to whoever you want i can tell you exactly who they give it to anytime there's a close round when one guy's the a side one guy's the b side one guy dictates all the terms including the size of the ring he's getting every single close round
1: fair all right so here it is ken second round plant plant was controlling range pretty well he wasn't snapping the jab he was using like a range finder yeah Benavides came in five inches plant went back eight he was controlling range staying keeping separation smart and and then when he saw Benavides put the earmuffs on and just cover up which i don't think people should just cover up and stand there without moving their head just cover up like that plant took advantage of it as the early rounds went on he stepped in and he got off punches like you would on a heavy bag because Benavides was giving it to him. So
0: that ain't gonna work against Canelo.
1: So he gave it to him. So he stepped in. He put together some punches. They didn't land real clean, but they were scoring enough to control the round, uh, to dictate the round, and and as you said, to to hold Benavides in his place. So. He's doing that. That's his plan. Control range, step out of range, keep separation. When he sees Benavides, put the earmuffs on, put the peekaboo on without moving his head, just cover up, step in, get something off, and then get out. All right. So he won the first five rounds. He was doing pretty good. Then Benavides. this is, this is the, what kind of threw me off a little bit. Benavidez, I said it last week. I picked him to win. I picked him to probably stop him. I think he could have stopped him. I said it already. If the referee didn't do what he did. Okay, whatever. And it, it's also part of the reason plant lasted also is because of his heart. So I'm not taking that away from, him. I will say I've been criticized in boxing or, or some of the so-called executives of the sport. They don't do their job. What happened to commissions back in the day? You could never go into the ring with a beard that thick like Plant does, really, because it's a cushion for the chin. You, also, the old timers used to use it to grind into a cut, you know, and open up the cut more. But it, it's, like, it's like two, three inches thick where it could give you a little pad, like a padding on your chin. Back in the day, if you showed up with that, the commission would hand you shaving cream and a razor, Ken, and, and tell you, take it off. Take it off or at least reduce it greatly. So there's no commissions anymore. There, there's no rules anymore. I mean, boxing follows society. It does. It really does. Like there's no rules in society anymore. There's no rules of boxing anymore. There used to be rules. I know it's a tough sport. Some people say oh, it's beyond a tough sport. Ted. Sometimes it almost gets primitive, but there's still rules. There's a referee in there it's not just a fight to the finish there's rules there's a science it's called that the great writer coined it the sweet science because the smarter guys are the guys that beat the stronger guys they, but where's the rules when you have a commission that doesn't say anything about a freaking a beard that looks it looks like Chris crankle I mean <laughs> I, I, I mean it's 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 absurd I, I, next time you should go in there with Presents with with like a red bag over his shoulder and start handing out presents and then and then fight. So here you are. The first rounds. The plan of plant is to control range, get off when he got an opportunity to get off when he sees Benavidez give him a gift of covering up, get in, get out. Okay. The plan on Benavidez seemed to be. Not what I called for. What I called for last week on this air was he's got to use his jab to control the center of the ring, control plant, take plant jab away, take his pot shotting away, his ability to go in and out, stabilize him, keep him in front of you, and then go to the body and start taking his legs away because he's going to have to use his legs somewhere. Because you're bigger, you're stronger. He didn't do that. What Benavides did, I was very disappointed. I got to be honest. I wasn't disappointed in his attitude and and the outcome. He got what he wanted. But I was disappointed that he made it harder than it had to be. And again, I give plant credit for his heart. But he made it harder than it had to be by not jabbing, by not going to the body for the most part. What he did do... And it paid dividends, but not as much as it would have or as fast as it would have. What Benavides did do was he applied pressure. But he applied pressure without moving his hands. He just applied pressure. Where the fight changed was after the fifth round when Benavides started, continued applying pressure, no different, but now started moving his hands. But even there, I was disappointed because he was throwing single shots he was timing him good, the left hook, trying to catch him at the right time, stepping out, different times, stepping in. But he was throwing single shots too often. And I think that that contributed to the good performance of Plant. That if he if he had used a jab, if he had gone to the body, if he had put punches together instead of single shots, I think that he would have had a better performance. better. And look, he had a good performance. At the end of the day, he, he you know, he, he wins. A, he, win, he beats a solid fighter in a very solid way. But I think he might have gave hope to a guy like Canelo. Maybe. Maybe bring Canelo out of the witness protection program. Maybe maybe because he is in the protection program there's no doubt and i don't want to hear all my beautiful mexican fans out that i love you i i love you but i don't want to hear you saying oh don't get on cinnamon cinnamon's the greatest mexican fighter of all time no he's not okay he's not in the top 10 go look at your history okay you do your work. go to the library and then come back to me all right I'll get your library card if you need one. Go to the library, do your work, and look at the great, 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 great fighters that Mexico has produced. And then tell me and explain to me how Canelo fits in that bunch. All right? Please, don't just say things because it's easy to just say them. Learn. Do the work. Do the studying. Anyway.
0: Well... To, the one thing i wanted to add is to your point like we've said this before in good fights like this i think i think this is as close to a short of a, actually winning the fight that was as good as caleb could look because yeah. i think like yeah. i said earlier he showed every skill he had to try to have a game plan no to he, beat squeezed the he squeezed dollars
1: he squeezed dollars got every drip out of dollars
0: everything and he showed that he's a killer he is dead you can't fake your way through that kind of toughness He's, you're either tough or you're not, and he passed the test with flying colors. No, no. He's tough.
1: Listen, I gave him credit. I got to give him more credit. No, no I know you
0: didn't. I, I, I'm listen, echoing your sentiments. He beha-
1: I can't give someone more credit than what I said earlier when I said he behaved like a champion. That's the best credit Teddy Atlas can give anybody when I say that. he be. He, you don't have to always fight like a champion. You got to behave like one. He behaved like one. But... A, Uh, my job is to break everything down here, everything, every nuance, and benefit us for whatever reason, maybe because Plant controlled range so well that he didn't feel comfortable using his jab. I don't know, but he didn't use his jab enough. He didn't go to the body enough. He didn't put punches together enough, and that's what made it a close fight up until where he started to separate himself because the pressure started, to wear down. Pressure breaks pipes. Pressure breaks people. The pressure started to have its wearing effect on Plant. And then he started to move his hands with the pressure. And then when he started doing that, he started winning rounds and winning rounds big. Bigger, a little bigger. Big. Bigger, bigger. And, you know, we had that round, as I said, where Really, if Baylor's doesn't step in, I, I, I really felt that he would have gotten a stoppage. But either way, credit to both. I like the class they showed. It was a horrible lead up with the stuff they were saying to each other in some ways to the fight with the pre-fight promotion. All that stuff happens. You know, they, they promote the fight, whatever. Bad blood, all that stuff. But I like the class and respect shown by both of them in their pre uh, post fight remarks both I of them I wish
0: every fighter Teddy would watch the before and after here cuz this to me is how you promote a fight out even my wife doesn't pay attention to anything she was into this fight she was like I think Caleb Plant is going to win this fight and, and and didn't like the the, the trash talking when they Buried the hatchet the minute the fight was over. I was like, that's how you promote a fight. Uh, They had me convinced that they were going to kill each other in the parking lot after the fight. They gave it all. They, They clearly didn't like each other during the fight. The minute it ended, they both said all the right things. Buried the hatchet. We're just here for sport. Thank God everyone's all right. That's how a fight should be promoted and how you should conduct yourself after a fight. You both got in there and had a chance to do anything you wanted to the other guy. It's over now. That's it. Even if you had a dispute with someone in the street, hey, let's do this. Okay, we had a, f- a fair fight. Okay, it's over. One guy wins, one guy loses. Shake hands and go about your business. Uh, I loved it. I loved uh, every hey, second of it.
1: Listen, and again, just to reiterate what you said, all night long, how do you justify picking on, I mean, you picked on Benavides for everything, warning him for everything. The only thing he didn't warn him about was picking his nose. And the only reason Benavides couldn't pick his nose, he's got gloves on. You can't pick your nose with gloves on. Otherwise, he would have freaking warned him for picking his nose. Probably. I mean, how do you justify, as a referee, <laughs> all night long, he's badgering Benavides, warning him to talking Badgering
0: is the perfect description. He badgered the son of a bitch back to his corner after every single round. Every
1: round, Ken, he badges Benavides and doesn't do anything to plant, for the most part. Doesn't do anything. Leaves plant alone. Plants grabbing, you know, which I don't blame him. He made that part of his plan. He's smart. You know, he knows he can't fight with the bigger, stronger guy uh, inside, so he he does his stuff outside, then he grabs inside. But it got to the point where you're 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 badgering as i said you're 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 picking on Benavides for everything and you're letting plant do whatever he wants grab whatever he wants and you're not doing nothing for the most part so it, it got to the point where like really you could see where people would say and there was some comments from what i understand well they were saying hey does the did the plant people, like, make a deal with this ref? I mean, like, you know, which we know didn't happen, but...
0: I'll give a lot of credit to your point, Teddy, to the commentators. Even Al Bernstein the, no, on I the said call that was earlier. Like, what? I gave yeah, them no, credit. I'm reiterating. What are you guys doing? He's holding him. Like, how many times can someone tie a guy up and stop the momentum before you tell him? Uh, there's no holding in boxing. That's not like an official move. Like, you can't do that excessively. Oh, it was so frustrating to watch. And like I said, I like Caleb Plant. I would have liked to have seen him win. I like Benavidez too. But, so I'm not trying to pick on Plant. I thought it was well, a great I, strategy here. Until the ref warns you, keep holding him. He's I stopping him.
1: I, and, I, I thought the commentators were better than usual. That they were honest. That they said something. They usually don't, they they sit on their tongues um, when when they shouldn't sit on their tongues. And they should say it. But the one commentator uh, was suggesting, my God, going into the last round. Benavidez needed the last round. I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, like, I think he needs to have a good... What? What? I mean, I don't Maybe
0: they realized they were being critical of the ref and were trying to backpedal so they don't get shit cans from the I next get, uh, uh, Whatever next it is,
1: it, you don't say that. I mean, that's the problem. I mean,
0: that would be... Needs be, the next round, Teddy. One guy one corner is threatening to stop the friggin' fight, and the commentator says he needs this round. That the other would, guy's corner is telling him like he's about to throw in the towel uh, on um, mercy. You
1: know, that would I mean that would be <laughs> like uh, you and a Tokyo marathon for for somebody <laughs> to say that uh, the runner the runner behind you needed to run a five-minute mile. The last mile. Meanwhile, you it would cro- have to run.
0: It would have had to run a one-minute mile. No, no, mile. no.
1: That needed to run a five-mile, <laughs> five-minute mile. The last mile. Meanwhile, you crossed the finish line ten minutes earlier.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> oh man!
1: Um, I mean, you talk about the well, ship had already sailed. The the horse was out of the barn. Like really, I mean. Uh, it's frustrating sometimes. Yeah, you, you hear that, but uh, I don't know.
0: One thing I wanted to mention with regards to this fight was I love how Benavidez accepted everything. Sure, you could be the a side. Sure, I'll come into the ring second. Sure, we'll have, fight in the biggest boxing ring that you can possibly get. And then you look at the fight like with the Fury and Usyk where Fury says to him, ingest 70-30, not a penny more. And, and Usyk immediately, okay, greedy belly, 70 30. And it's in Wembley. Okay, greedy belly, we'll do it in Wembley instead of Saudi where we could probably get more money. Okay, I'll fight you there. Uh, when he realized that he accepted them all and it was six weeks away, I honestly think after a week of training, Fury just made so many incredulous demands that I, in my opinion, Fury didn't want that fight in six weeks. I don't think he's afraid of Usyk, but he didn't want it in six weeks. And Usyk got too gave many options. Ken,
1: Ken, if you could fight a guy like Dayan White, a, a guy like Trizora, and I love Trizora, you know he's been a warhorse, but he's forty something years old. And it, it, it's come on, if you could fight guys like that, I said it last week. I'm going to say it again, and and still make millions of dollars, still put ninety thousand, eighty thousand people into an arena. I mean. You could, go, you could go and fight the, the peanut concession guy in the arena and get 30,000 people. I mean, that's, that's what it is in London, uh, in England, in the UK, that these fighters have the fans that will come out almost no matter who they fight. Almost no matter who they fight. So he could fight anyone with no risk or much, 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 much less risk and still get paid millions of dollars. When you have that option, when you're Fury and you have that option, guess what? The Timbers are not burning to make a fight with Usyk. Usyk doesn't have those options. The Timbers are burning to make a fight with with whatever his name is, uh Fury.
0: I, I would I would say to that I would say this. None of these guys got into boxing thinking they were gonna be millionaires. So let's just for argument's sake say they both have a hundred plus million dollars. A hundred or two hundred That that doesn't make that much of a difference. I'd say Usyk seems to genuinely want to just be the best and win all the belts and fight the best guys. And Fury, if he wants to fight for, how many more fights is he gonna have? Like he has a chance to unify all the heavyweight belts. No one's done it in ages. He'll get around to it. There's no urgency.
1: There's no urgency. He'll get around to it. But there's no urgency because, like I said. Whoever sells the peanuts in Wembley, he can fight him next Saturday and he'll get 42,000 people in the arena.
0: That's fair. No, fair point, fair point. Uh, I just think when, when Fury comes out and starts like name-calling and making fun of U- how do you make fun of Usyk? He's undefeated cruiserweight champion, Olympic gold medalist. He, he cleaned out the whole division. Now he's got four of the major belts at the heavyweight division. He never ducks anyone. He's in his country. He never leaves. He doesn't get arrested. He doesn't use drugs. He has no PED suspensions. He doesn't talk badly about other people. He's fighting for his country. So you're going to attack his appearance? I don't know. Osik's a pretty handsome guy to me. I don't get Fury's strategy here. And I like Fury too. But making fun of another man's appearance? Brother. Stop, just say you're moving on, fighting another guy. This whole shenanigans, I think, doesn't play well with the fans, including his own fans. I, I know, I I see on Twitter, even some of Fury's own, like, best fans are like, enough with, enough with this bullshit. Like, just just say you're not fighting him and move on. Like, you don't have to, like, ridicule someone's appearance or their sexuality or whatever it else. Um I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's, it's a bad look. Um, you got anything else on Benavidez plant before we jump into the Jose Ramirez fight?
1: No, but what I would pre, what I would preview that, what I'm going to say about, it, I'm going to let you bring us into that fight. But I just want to say one thing before you go into Ramirez and call me. Congratulations and the fans. I, I would think you're with me on this because I'm trying to look at things that affect you and affect my sport and affect the fighters. So, congratulations to Aram and ESPN putting their main event, which was a decent fight from the little bit I saw of it because it was on at the same time as Plant and Benevita, so I couldn't watch them both. And I was in Utah, but... Congratulations to Aram and ESPN putting their main event, Comey and Ramirez, on at the same time as Plant Benavides, because you had to steal away a lot of fans who might have watched Ramirez and Comey that instead went over. And I know it was pay-per-view, so maybe some people watched the free fight. Okay, fair. But a lot more people would have watched Ramirez, Comey, if it hadn't been put up at the exact same time as Plant and and Benavidez, the main attraction that night.
0: Uh, Before we move on to that, just a quick question. Caleb, uh, sorry, uh, David Benavidez, if he gets Canelo in September, what do you think?
1: I think Canelo probably walks away with this with a little more hope. But I don't know that he's gonna fight him anyway. But uh, because Canelo's the same as Fury, same thing, same thing, different weight class, different, different geography of the country of the world where they live in, but otherwise same thing. Canelo's got options that he can fight anybody and get paid millions of dollars, much less risk than. Than Benavides. Much, much less risk. And I'm not knocking Ryder, right the next guy he's fighting, but it's a lot less risk than fighting Benavides. He can do that. Canelo is the golden goose. He can go, just like Fury, no different. The Mexican fans take it easy, take it easy. I'm putting it out there blanketly. I'm blanketing, I'm putting it out there in a in a fair scope of where it belongs, on both continents, over in the UK and over in Mexico, where your guy, Canelo, he he can fight. He's got options to fight anyone and still make money, a lot of money, where Benavides doesn't have that option. He doesn't have that option, okay? So if the fight did get made, I think now... I, I don't think there's an incentive for Canelo to make it unless he really, truly, really wants to buy into the legacy argument and and say that he's one of the greatest Mexicans, then you got to fight Benavidez. Then you got to fight Benavidez, a guy in your weight class that owns one of those belts. You got to fight him. But I think he could walk away from this last fight feeling a little... A little more confident and saying yeah, benefiters didn't look like the monster i thought he was maybe i i really do and that's how fights get made ken a lot of times when a guy's performance is a little off and he did himself a, f- a service not a disservice where now suddenly where certain guys didn't want to fight him now they will fight him so maybe a little of that's at play where canelo be more prone to say yes, maybe, but he still doesn't have to because he's got so many options. But I think on top of everything else, I think Canelo's getting a little long in the tooth. I think he's starting to slip a little bit. I really do. I never thought he was a great fighter, but he's a good, good, solid fighter. Very good. And he had improved over the years. And now I think that he's, starting to get a little shop one just a little bit like I said long in the tooth and Benavides might be too young too big because he's a naturally bigger guy than Canelo I don't know if Canelo's eating that Mexican hamburger stuff and you know he's the muscles are pumping a little bit extra I don't know but Benavides is a naturally bigger guy I think he's younger I believe he is He's got less miles on his odometer. So uh, I do think that Benavides would have to improve off or would want to improve off of this effort with Plant. Use a jab. Don't just look for power shots. Don't look for single shots. You know, put punches together. That kind of stuff.
0: But anyway.
1: If it ever gets done, we'll do a fight plan on it. Uh, oh, for sure. You
0: know. That'd be a big fight. Um, yeah, that was a great break, breakdown. Yeah. Um. Let's talk quickly, uh, Jose Ramirez and Richard Comey. Richard Comey seems to become one of those gatekeeper guys like, hey, can you beat Richard Comey? If so, you're on to the next level. But if you can't beat Richard Comey, back to the line. Um, good unfortunately way to put it. Richard Comey, but I think he's probably gotten some big paydays in there with um, Tiafimo. And now he's in with um, with Jose Ramirez. But I will say this. Jose Ramirez had a chance to take the to take a title fight against the champion Progress. Regis Progré, and I think they wanted to offer him sixty forty for the champion, obviously. And uh, I saw Jose Ramirez and his and his manager or a or or promoter, I don't know what his role is or even what his name is, but I saw him on on Twitter talking crap to um, Regis program, It drives me crazy when the managers and the trainers and the promoters are talking shit to the fighters. I'm like, you're not gonna get in there and fight. Let the fighter do the talking. Nevertheless, they uh, it looked to me like Ramirez didn't want any part of uh, Regis. It, because like with Usyk, if you think you have a chance to win the title, when you have the ch- title, you can be 60-40. Go take the 40% and win the title, and now you're the WBC champion if you think you could beat Program, I don't think Jose Ramirez, it seems like a very nice kid. I'm not trying to, like, shit on Ramirez, but I obviously am partial towards uh, Regis. I well, he's also, remember,
1: he's also with Aram, so he's going he's gonna to stay on that side of the road and, and fight, fighters, fight it, it, fighters that Aram controls.
0: And Progate, I think, is a free agent. He doesn't have a promoter. And you can see that it's hurting him. It's unfortunate that if you don't align and get in bed with someone, you ain't surviving on your own. They're keeping this kid on ice. He can't get a fight to save his life. No one wants to fight him. He's tough. Anyway, so Ramirez gets in with Comey, stops him. Uh, pretty much what you would expect from someone to get to the next level. He ran right through Comey, beat him up pretty bad, stopped him. How'd you like that one?
1: Listen, always full disclosure, right? Uh, I didn't watch, I only saw tidbits of it, peeked at it a little bit, uh, Pablo Cano, uh, who does everything at Utah, the University of Utah, he had me and my son in his room, he had the pay-per-view on one screen, he had the ESPN fight on another, I couldn't watch them both just take little peeks, because as we said, Benefitis and Plant was on at the same exact time, which I Gotta believe. Took a lot of people away from the Comey fight. Uh, it looked like a competitive fight early. It looked like a decent fight early, back and forth, and then it looked like Ramirez looked like the bigger guy, but Ramirez, Comey only knows one way. He's a he's a warrior. He fights with you, and he's got miles on his odometer. He's getting a little sharp one.
0: And, he got viciously knocked out by Teofimo Lopez. Yeah, he's got miles on his own
1: And, you know, there's, there's a lot of tread coming off those, a little tread coming off those tires. And Ramirez pressed them, went to the body, kept the pressure. It looked from the little bit I saw that Ramirez was just grinding him down. You know, that it was a fight, but it was, it was a little bit like, you know, the ocean is always going to have its way. You know what I mean? It's going to it's gonna get to where it's trying to go. And Ramirez looked like the ocean getting to where he was going. And it looked like his pressure, his constant pressure, started to wear down Comey. The body work looked like that obviously definitely was damaging Comey. Um, doing damage to, again, I thought Ramirez looked like the bigger guy. Doing damage to the smaller man's body. And... Just wearing him down, wearing down a very game Comey to where Ramirez, you know, got the stoppage, got the win after being off for, I don't know how long he was off for, but, you know, he's been off for a little while. And um, so he, he got a nice win against a former champion. I, I'm concerned about a guy like Comey. I like Comey. Everything I've heard about him, he's a good human being. He, he trains his backside off. He just trained, does whatever he's asked to do, and he's a good person. I just pray that the people around him care about his welfare. Because a guy like that, at the twilight of his career that he's in now, you got to be cognizant of what I always talk about, the miles on the odometer, that that's not being wiped away. That's not a chalkboard where you erase it and you start over and you put new stuff on the chalkboard. That stuff stays. That punishment, those punches, that stays. And I just, he's getting close to that place where you really, really got to think about, all right, he won a world title. He had a good career. He's a great human being. Let him go live his life. You're getting close. And I just hope he's around people. I hope he is that care about that part of a fighter. The welfare of the human part. The human being. Not not the puncher machine. The human being. So, anyway, that that's enough to say about that fight. I don't think there's any more there. The thing I would add, that I'm on that track of always having to be conscious of what these guys do for a living, they do take punches for a living. You have to be conscious of that. And... The plant people, I wouldn't want to see plant in that ring again for at least six months. But I would go probably more towards eight to nine months because you know he took a he he took a good amount of punishment, solid shots, and um, especially the last several rounds. I would like to see plant be given the right resting period before he gets back in that ring. Before he gets back in the gym, too, to ever do any sparring again,
0: so. The nice thing for Caleb, Teddy, is I'm pretty sure he's made more money than he probably ever expected, but he's been quick to always point out that he didn't get into boxing to make money. But that being said, he's got a Canelo pay-per-view. That fight this weekend. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that did blew out expectations in terms of pay-per-view buys. They had every friggin' celebrity in the under the sun was at that fight. It was in, it was an awesome. I mean, the undercard was as bad as an undercard as i've ever seen on a pay-per-view but the main event delivered and was worth the price of admission but uh so i'm sure that uh caleb plant has made plenty of bread again like we always stress we're not trying to count his money i'm just saying he's done better than most boxers could ever imagine that they would do And good for him hope he's saving and investing wisely i'm sure he is um, but yeah, you're right. He, that was a, that was a pretty bad beating. And at this no, point, I don't know, where do you, where do you think he goes from here, Teddy? He's oh. lost at the top level at that. He's lost to the, the divisional champion. He's now lost to the number one contender. I mean, short of being a gatekeeper, what do you think he goes from here? He, I don't see him ever advancing at this point of his career to beat a Canelo. I can't imagine he would ever be able to beat Benavidez at the age they're both at. So what do you think is next for a guy like that? Does he become a gatekeeper?
1: you You said it right he he's got the option to make a decision that some guys don't have the option to make that decision so easily. they feel they have to stay. He doesn't have to stay. I'm sure that he's going to want only fight top fights. you know give me a list of the guys that uh, at the top there and i I'll see who i you know this is a good little segment right here the, tell me who's there, and I'll tell you if. If I was the trainer and I was advising him, uh, you know, where I I'm sure that his pride tells him he wants to rematch. You know, his pride is probably. He's, telling, ar-
0: uh, he's already said that. I'm yeah. sure he would take a yeah, rematch of course. against Canelo.
1: He's only going to fight big fights.
0: Uh, but at super middle, here you go. We got Canelo is number one. Benavidez is number two. Caleb is three. Yeah. Then you got John Ryder, who's about to get stalked by um, Canelo. Maybe, maybe not. Have...
1: Wait, let me hold you up on that. I know that's going to shock people. Maybe not. Canelo's slipping a little Ryder, bit.
0: 32 and five. All right, go ahead. Then we got Danny Jacobs, who's like, I love Danny is Jacobs. Is he still he fighting? I didn't think Danny was fighting might... anymore. He's still in the rankings. Well, if they
1: could fight Danny, I don't think Jacobs is even. I didn't realize he was fighting. I'll be honest.
0: Last last fight he had was last February. So a year, 14 months yeah. ago, he lost a split, de- yeah. split decision to John Ryder. So if John Ryder looks good, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Danny back. Then um, we've we'll got fight Danny Morel. Jacobs.
1: Danny Jacobs, if that fight could be any kind of That's meaningful a, platform. Go
0: ahead you could def- you could generate some revenue with that one david morell who's only 8 and 0 um, no fight on the horizon and then i've got christian mbili who i've never even heard of who's 24 and 0 then carlos gongora Demetrius <laughs> well, and right andre Demetrius andre 32 0 nobody wants right number 9
1: <laughs> nobody wants you can't get paid <laughs> but i mean and, can you and, imagine and, and they've got him a terrible right style nine. And he, and, he, <clears throat> and he's a difficult guy He's a difficult but guy. No, but he's got nine at
0: thirty-two and zero Olympic fighter yeah, seems. And then Zach Parker at ten. So I just don't see who Caleb Plant is overqualified to fight everyone on that list, except maybe the top.
1: You said, five it, guys. "Listen, Ken, I think we covered it well. You said it well that he's he doesn't have to. So he's got the he's made a lot of money, and he's in a position where you know if it makes sense, he can he can fight. If it don't. Uh, you know he doesn't have to do anything now where some people have to because they still have to make more money they still have to go further down the road he's won a title Uh, you know he's been a champion Uh, he's made money he's gonna take care of his family you know he he, if they could if there's a fight there that makes sense if he could get the rematch I'm sure that's the direction he'll go he would get another big payday and in his heart of hearts, as way fighters think, they always think that they're going to they're gonna win uh, for the most part. Uh, he's going to think that, hey, you know, I could do something a little different this time. Um, and I can, you know, the problem is Benavidez probably think the same thing, that he can do something even better, um, like use the jab more, put punches together more, especially early on. But he's got the options, and like I said, God bless all these fighters that have made the money. You know, Heyman has done a good job paying these guys. He really has. And um, so the only thing is what I said, that you, you, you see the ugly side of it too. If you're on Heyman's side, beautiful, baby, beautiful. But if you're on the side that that poor kid Valenzuela was, oh, it's not so beautiful. It's not so beautiful,
0: you know. In, in in hockey, a lot of times they talk about guys that. Um you love to have him as a teammate, but you want to stab him in the neck if he's on the opposing team, like Brad Marchand, the little guy from the Bruins right now, or like Sean Avery back in the day. They're just a pain in the ass. You want them on your team, but when you line up against them, you're like, "Oh, this guy's like a gnat. He's never gonna go away." And that's that's so that's you know probably one good thing I, I got to
1: say. Yeah, no, it's true. One thing I got to say when we were talking, we won't belabor it anymore, but we we're talking about whatever his name is, uh, Colbert and and Valenzuela. And, you know, it, it, listen, Colbert fought well enough. Uh, he got off the floor. He came back off his first loss. Give him credit for that. But he didn't win that fight, number one. And number two, and the fans told him that, as you said, they 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 showed what they felt. Um, but... You know, to behave that way, like I said, the arrogance to stick his tongue out. But here's when you talk about arrogance, he has taken it to a ridiculous level. I was talking about Comedy Central earlier, Ken. I don't know if anyone else caught this. And again, if I was broadcasting, oh my God. Because when he went down on the floor, Colbert, you saw on his backside he had goat. Can you can you believe this? I can't believe I'm saying this. G O A T, as in greatest of all time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which which uh, no really Ken, uh, Ken. You can't make this stuff up. Uh, I mean, who his advisors are? Nobody's telling his kid the truth. Everyone lies to the kid. And you know what? I hope he never comes to that day where he's all alone and there's nobody to to insulate him anymore from the truth and and he's in a place where now nobody lies to him anymore nobody kisses his backside no more and he's left in a solitary prison cell of true reflection of what he is instead of what people tell him he is Uh, when it's not always close, or that close to the truth. I hope he's never in that position because that's a sad, lonely position to be in. But really, you gotta be something, I don't know what, I don't know how to even describe it, Ken, that you're gonna come off a loss, you're gonna just get a gift, You're and, and you're gonna put, you decide, and your people around you go along with it, that it's a good idea to read goat? to write goat on your backside
0: uh, at this point in your life. Well, Teddy, to your point, no, no, to your but, point, but one other that's thing. the same type of kid who would stick his tongue out and taunt oh, the guy true. after he just got robbed. Oh, There's no one around him telling only, him how to behave.
1: The only way you saw it was when this was, to me, this was perfect. This was really, really the the greatest was that you, wouldn't, you couldn't even see it until he got dropped. Because when he got dropped, because the, because the fabric, the the, the, the the fabric that he was wearing in that crazy costume he was wearing, kind of like Macho Camacho used to wear, right? But Macho yeah, Camacho yeah. could really fight. He could really fight. I yeah. uh, hate him or love him, he could fight. But anyway, he goes down, and then the, the fabric, the, the part of that costume moves because and, and then you <laughs> i see, love
0: that you keep calling it a costume <laughs>
1: and then you see goat you see goat and i'm like when i saw it i was like wait a minute he didn't mean greatest of all time he meant the greatest gift of all time i said the guy's prophetic <laughs> he's prophetic. he knew he knew he, he could read the future his people knew his people knew he was going to get a gift so they put on the on his backside when he would get dropped. Greatest gift of all time.
0: The only thing that would have been better Teddy is if he writes goat on the bottom of his shoes next time and the only way we can see it is if he's on his back. You can't make this up, Ken. <laughs> Come on, man. Don't write goat on your damn uniform. Other people will call you the goat. You don't call yourself the damn goat.
1: I never saw Come Tom. On, man. I never saw your boy Tom Brady um wearing it
0: on anything goat. You know what I mean? You won't see him wearing it now. That's for other people to call you the goat. I tell my own kids this, like, we never act cocky. If someone thinks you're great, let them tell you. If you're great, you don't have to tell anyone. They'll see it. Um, speaking of great, let's talk about the uh, the UFC. Two great guys in, in action, Corey Sanhagen and Cheeto Vera. Both guys. It's I don't know if, if, if there's a person out there that doesn't like either of these guys. I, I can't imagine I why. Two quality people. I love Cheeto Vera. Corey Sanhagen is just I don't like, love he's the
1: the ref, type of guy. I don't love to judge, though. I don't love to judge. No, we'll get into that. We'll get into that.
0: Cheeto Vera just reminds me of the kind of guy that shows up on the work site with a hard hat, his boots, and a uh, and a lunch bar. Sorry, Corey Sanhagen. Nothing to say, just shows up like, hey, I'm here. I'm ready to fight. Let's go. I don't need to talk about anything. I'll just do it all in the ring. I, I have huge respect for him. And uh, Corey Sanhagen, much. To my surprise, I didn't expect a one-sided fight like this, but my god, he handled uh Chito Vera all night the long. Judge think so, on the judge didn't joke. That
1: judge didn't think, <laughs> we we excoriated the 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 boxing judge. That's excoriate this UFC judge. Are yep, you kidding me? i give
0: you the um I'm going to give you the scores for us 48-47 one Joker had it and, and another guy, the next judge 45-50. 50-45 in favor of Corey. The other judge had Cheeto Vera winning 48-47, uh, and, the, and the third judge had it probably correctly, 49-46 for um, Corey. Yeah, the third, round, round, to, the third uh, round was probably Marlon close.
1: Vera. Uh, You know, there was a couple of close rounds. Listen, I'll give you that. But there was only one guy who won that freaking fight, and you got you to gotta come up with some kind of... I called for this on ESPN for 26 years, but you got to come up with some some kind of system to really judge the judges where you get better judges, where where they're accountable, where you get the right guy, where you change the pool of judges. You know what doesn't make any sense, Ken? Tell me if this makes sense to you, Ken. You went to college. I didn't go to college. Tell tell me I barely went to college, Ted. I went to to,
0: Framingham State uh, and got a sociology degree. Let's uh, not be so aggressive.
1: Okay, um, uh, is that your sociology degree talking now, or is that yeah. just you? All right. So, okay, you went. To, I'll say it again, in case I wasn't clear. You went to college. I didn't go to college. So that's <laughs> that's used that college beanie that you developed, and and just just tell me if this makes sense. All right, Ken, can you do that for me, uh, without being a psychologist right now? Just tell me. You got. Bad judges in boxing. They're either incompetent or they're corrupt. They've they they they've already proven that they're not good. All right? Then you use them in the UFC. I mean, explain to me, because I don't know where they get their judges in the UFC. I don't know where boxing well, I, I, gets... I, wait, wait, wait. I don't know where boxing gets their judges either. But I don't know where UFC gets their judges. But I know that sometimes... Quite often, they use the same ones from boxing that already S-U-C-K, okay? They already... (laughs) Really, Ken, what what is the sense? Where do you think that they're gonna do they're gonna do better in the you I, I, I don't know if I should laugh or cry they're gonna do better in the UFC when they S-U-C-K you see in in boxing they're gonna do better over there that would be like taking a, a short order cook who burns eggs and then you and then you make them your cake chef you, you, yeah you yeah you say okay you're gonna now you're gonna bake all our cakes. But but I burned all your eggs. Yeah, but now now you've moved up. You're gonna you're gonna bake cakes. I mean
0: well, here's what here's what most fans probably don't realize is that the state athletic commission appoints these judges. So, who's the state athletic commission? State athletic no, commissioner is a politically right. politically appointed position. How do you get a? UMC making well, a lot of money. Let's say, wait,
1: wait, let me do, do, segue in it. UMC make a, maybe they should make a move because Dana's a good businessman. He's done a hell of a job. Maybe he should make a move where they they start to bring in. Outside people, you know, people that uh, they they bring in outside. People. But here's one are, more thing for clarity that I want to
0: turn it over to. They pay so for it. The state at, so who gets to be the State Athletic Commission? Well, let's just say that I'm running for governor and Teddy Atlas, who happens to be a boxing promoter, says to me, hey, Ken, I'm going to fund your whole campaign through a, through a super PAC, a, a political action committee, where I'm going to pool all the money because I can only give 3000 in political contributions, but I can make commercials for you at a billion dollars uh, an episode if necessary. And then when you're elected... And maybe you can throw me a bone and appoint my guy as the commissioner. Now your guy's the commissioner, and you tell him, I want these judges working this fight. Well, you got me my job, so here are your judges. So it's the same judges. So to Dana well, and, and, and any other promoters, frustration or benefit. If you've had a hand, let's say, in helping someone get elected, getting the commissioner appointed, you may have a, an advantage in terms of getting the judges you wanted. In a nutshell, that's how it happens. The, no one has any say. So for Dana to have a fight in Vegas, he has to be licensed no, with the I state of I, Nevada no, State that. Athletic Commission. But he's so, got no, so, you know, so, 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 so big. selling. So We got
1: to do something about this problem. That maybe he can create his own outside, bring in his own outside contractor, creators. His, his, you know. His own entity, you know, he created UFC and the Friated Brothers. They did a great job.
0: Fertitta, yeah, Fertitta Brothers. brothers.
1: Maybe they can create an entity where, you know, they work something out. I know you got to work around the the legal parts of it with the State Athletic Commission, with the uh, legalities of that, that they have to... Put their, I think they tried that they during to, COVID with Fight yeah, Islands. They have to put their stamp on them and they have to be part of it. Uh, the, I get it. I get it. Maybe there's a way to somehow get around that and create again, create your own, you know, entity where you actually not only get the right people in there to be judges, you qualify them. You train them. You you teach them you you make them go through proper 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 seminars and train and then you grade them if they're not up to the to the job you you get rid of them or you you put them on suspension and you rotate you rotate in and out with different judges instead of the same guys being i mean these guys are being rewarded for bad work it's incredible. Let's make,
0: sure, let's make sure that the judge gets the attention he deserves. Joel Ojeda was the guy who had it 48-47 for um, Cheeto Vera. Good. I'd love to hear an explanation from him as to how he saw Cheeto Vera winning these, that fight. Cheeto Vera in the right. interview after the fight was like, I I, I I disappointed everyone. I let myself down. I, I had a great training camp, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he's a he good knew man. he lost. Good
1: classy man. This guy's like... Classy man. You know I mean? San Hagen and him are classy warriors. But listen, to your point. Here it is. If these commissions were worth their salt, which they're not, they're all appointed by governors and this and that and it's it's a joke. It's a joke. Like Charles Barkley's, it's
0: a joke. But same way we get ambassadors, yeah. we get athletic commissioners. Yeah, the same. biggest donor becomes the ambassador 100%. to Ireland, the ambassador yeah, the to the Bahamas. You think everything. these people just lock into and, those roles? And
1: you have to be on their side of the aisle. You have to be hundred percent. Yeah, you have to be whatever they are politically. You better be voting the same way. The whole thing—it's a joke. It's, All
0: those political appointee roles in any level of government should have a price tag attached to them. You want to be the ambassador to Japan? That'll cost you a hundred million. You want to be the ambassador to Belize? Uh, Five million. And take your pick. It's the, how it works. Anyone who doesn't know that or realize that is, is insane. Or they're just not, they're refusing to see the truth. And the same thing goes for political appointees on the state level. The Department of Highway Control, the Athletic Commission, all those political appointee roles should have price tag. X amount of contribution gets you a, a commission. But No, 100%,
1: role. my point is this. You're right, and I'm right. But here's the thing. If the commission, and, and they get paid, a lot of them get paid by taxpayers all money, if they're going to be in existence, shouldn't they at least look like they're doing some kind of job? Like That's exactly right. You, you know, some kind of, some kind of job. So Teddy, I'll if bet you there's you, 100 ex-fighters like, that want
0: to be a judge. No,
1: but what I'm saying is, to be worth their salt a little bit as a commission to, to get to, to earn their keep. If they got to show a semblance of, of doing something of, of actually doing something. And I'll show you what that they don't, but here's the one thing I would like them to do, which they don't, but immediately immediately, If you're going to say there's a purpose for you, otherwise, why are you there? Just taking money, <laughs> just showing up with your friends, giving them seats, with your tag on, your? Hang, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, look at me, look who I am, I'm this guy. Let me look, I forgot who I am. Wait a minute, oh yeah. I'm the,
0: the, they're the same uh, guys uh, that are in the background when they're interviewing the fighter with their head popping up like, yeah. am I on the camera? Honey, am oh, I on oh. the camera with their cell phone yeah. to their wife? So, honey, do you see me?
1: If they wanted to show something, at the very least... After an atrocious outing like this where the fans are attacking you for the judges, (laughs) you know, whether it's boxing or whether it's this guy for that UFC fight, and the fans are going nuts, they're ready to storm the place, (laughs) at least say this. I want you, go up to that judge. I want you in my office, 9 o'clock Monday morning. We're going to watch the fight together. And 100%. you're going to explain to me how you came to this decision.
0: That even better. Why don't you Why don't you record that and show the fighters so that they can at least understand what the hell the judge is looking for? No,
1: because because there is no four. Exactly, there is no. four. You don't four. think that
0: some of these former fighters would love that appointment? Hey, you you're a judge now. We're going to train up some judges. Do a good job. We're going to have a rotation. They use the same like four or five guys in every state every single week. There's impossible, if you said, I want to be a judge when I get older, I'd say, unless you're rich and have some political connections, don't even bother. You'd have a better chance of being an astronaut. Let me
1: break down the Sanhagen vera fight. Um, Go ahead. Sanhagen, everything we've we talked about, what you talked about is, is, is true. But for me, he is so well-rounded he does a little bit of everything, striking, switching stances, moving, giving angles, <laughs> combination punching, takedowns. He's an octopus coming at you in eight different ways. And he had a great, a great fight plan. Vera's a good puncher. Vera's a serious guy. You can't make mistakes with him. He kept Vera off balance all night by doing the things I just said. By mixing it up. He he made it where Vera was unable to get set. And wasn't able to really get any rhythm going. All night. Um, I believe. I don't know what round it was, Ken. it was the first or I guess the second. I'm not sure. But Sanhagen avoided a huge mistake. He made. He made a mistake. He was striking, doing good, and then he decided to go for the takedown. You see this in in UFC uh, uh, every once in a while. You saw it when that big upset happened uh, when I was out there in Vegas covering that fight, the John Jones fight. Um, when the big upset happened with the women, um,
0: Alexa Grasso and uh, Shevchenko.
1: Yeah, when Grasso, you know, capitalized on a mistake that Shevchenko, you know, made when when she did the back kick, and she missed, and bang, Uh, Grasso got in there, got the takedown, got the grip, got the hold, and he got the submission. But whatever round it was, Sanhagen avoided that kind of mistake. He was striking. I thought he should have stayed striking, to be honest. And then he decided to go for the takedown. I get it. He mixes up really well. And when he did, he missed. And Vera got him into a little bit of a guillotine hold for a second. But he never really, really locked it in. And, but for a second there, it, it, it looked like, wow, maybe that was the one mistake that you know Vera's going to take advantage of. But he wasn't able to. Then he went right back. Sanhagen went right back to the term I used earlier be in the ocean, moving Vera around like a a log, you know, and the waves just kept coming. Now the third round, I had Vera, and I want to cover it this way because of the controversy about that one judge um, that made it a split decision, which it never should have been. So the first two rounds, I don't think there was much of an argument. I had a 2-0 for Sanhagen. The third round was better for Vera. After Sanhagen, as I said, took the first two rounds. Close third round. He could have got it, but Sanhagen continued doing a great job of changing it up. He, he really did. He had a good fight plan. I thought Sanhagen still could have taken the third, but it was very close. So if you want to give it to Vera, go ahead. Then perhaps Vero, the fourth round also had moments where Vera tried to steal it. I think maybe that's the way I would say it. But either way, I I felt that it was clear that Sanhagen had control of the fight. And the rhythm of the fight. The flow of the fight. And I thought that going into the fifth round. That. Vera needed a huge finish to have a chance. I'm not saying he needed a knockout or a submission or a knockout. But he needed a, he needed something really big. In the fifth round. And Sanhagen controlled the fifth. That's why I couldn't believe that score cut. I looked at it. You know, that the that judge that gave it to Vera, he gave the fifth round and to Vera. And I don't know, I mean, I don't know how he gave the fight to him, but the fifth round for me, Sanhagen controlled the fifth. Vera did take a run. See, again, I like to really break it down. Vera did take a run at Sanhagen late, but it was definitely too little too late. At the end of the day, it was a great win performance by Sanhagen. Um, you know, it was it was terrific. The only bad thing was the one judge, but um, I, uh, I just you know I, I like the class of both guys. Both guys are you know both guys are what they're supposed to be. Just you know, they know what their job is. They want to go do their job, and. um they're tough, classy guys.
0: Yep, perfectly said. Um, we covered everything this week, Teddy. Did we miss anything? No, I, I think we got it all. Um, well, hopefully this time next week we'll be discussing UConn's upcoming uh, we're gonna, Monday night I ain't, uh, I ain't national ba- championship listen, game.
1: I'm not backing down now. I'm not weakly <laughs> now. I mean, I, I communicate with Danny. You know, we, we should text. we
0: should we tell Danny that if they may when they make it to the uh, finals on I think it's in Houston that you and I will be courtside as his special guests if they need any motivation. <laughs> that
1: would be nice to yeah. <laughs> that would be nice. I, I if think you can get us ask, the
0: tickets I'll spring for the first class plane tickets if you can get us the two hey, tickets after, to the fight. How's that?
1: After he wins this championship his life's changing right in front of me I'm, oh for sure maybe j-
0: he'll be the next coach of the celtics i'm
1: gonna joke with him i'm gonna tell him hey, do you still know who i am do you still <laughs> you, you still got my phone number really do you danny it's do you fu- Danny? funny how that works. i knew you back then <laughs>
0: most people i'm pretty sure he'll remember you but there's a lot of people that forget who they were who they were friends with before they haven't their big breaks
1: i think i would ask him i don't ask for anything and um but i think i might ask him to come on the show after they win a national nice oh, title oh
0: that'll be a good one yeah. well i'm asking him for us if they make it to the finals teddy and i might treat for the plane tickets if we can get good tickets <laughs> to the to the game see you in houston <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and danny you know teddy isn't going to ask so i'm asking for i'm
1: kind of glad texas lost because i think uconn would have yeah. beat anybody but they would have they would have had that home court advantage you know
0: Oh, for sure. But I would say now, hey, like, it's an incredible teams,
1: tournament, Ken. That's a, that's the best uh, way the to. Best. I I've never. I don't think I've ever seen a. I mean, March Madness is called March Madness for a reason, right? Because crazy stuff happens. Yep. But never as crazy as this. No number one seeds, not even one, and almost no number two seeds. Um. I, matter of fact, I don't know there's no, there's no number. If, uh, two
0: Yukon's the highest. Yukon's right. four. Te- I think Miami's yeah, five. No, Texas nine is number and six two, you're right.
1: It. That was the last number two. what do you got? A nine, you got a six, you got a four? I mean it's incredible.
0: Yeah, hold on. One you second, had a I'll fifteen exactly that almost got have. in there. Teddy, we, we've got five versus nine, San Diego State versus FAU, and then we've got five versus four, Miami versus UConn. So UConn mm-hmm. is the highest-ranked team in there at number four. And when you consider that there's Incredible. four brackets, four number ones, Incredible. Like, it's what unbelievable. We've what not, I, don't, I don't remember ever seeing it. I, not only do I, you not a have a one, two, or three, but you have none of the marquee names, Kentucky, UNC, uh, Duke. No one's there. Like, this is UConn's to win.
1: Well, let they're going to get it done. I,
0: I. But everyone's uh, good at this point, no, and everyone's obviously hey, look, They're I, playing gotta, as good as they can they're play. They're
1: playing a tough Miami team. They're all tough, don't get me wrong. But oh, yeah. Miami showed a lot of what I talk about. We know they got the neon talent, they got the athletes, but they showed the character of, of somebody that wants to be a champion the way they came back against Texas. They came back like stormtroopers. They came back, they were down. I don't know what it was, 12 points with couple minutes left whatever it was and and they came back and they wound up winning by like seven eight they they showed the behavioral part not just the athletic part which of course UConn shows too that should be a hell of a battle it really should be a hell of a battle but um the best coach in basketball I said it you know I'm not one of these guys that does that bandwagon crap I said it when nobody was talking about UConn, nobody but I walked away from that talk with them and I said, yep, these guys they're gonna win the whole damn thing and it came together for them
0: agreed well looking forward to the uh, to the games next weekend slow uh slow weekend in in the combat sports we've got a weekend off in USC in UFC's off next week and uh, I don't think there's any marquee fights here let me just take a quick look. But nevertheless, we'll be back next week with all the action. If it's just UConn's uh, uh, path to a national title, then that's what we'll break down. Before we sign off here, I just want to make sure I'm not missing any big fights next week. We've got Robisi Ramirez in action against Isaac Dogbe and Oh, Anthony Joshua and uh, Jermaine Franklin um, next weekend from the UK on The Zone. That'll be interesting. I think uh, I, I'm pretty sure AJ gets the win there, but interesting anytime you got the heavyweights in action. So um, we'll be discussing all of that next week.
1: You never know when AJ's chin can get checked a little. You never know. For sure.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, well, with that, Teddy, thanks for everyone for being with us. Like Teddy mentioned, we'll be uh, in New York recording some fight plans for the upcoming um, Garcia and Tank Davis fight, as well as the way versus... Um, uh fulton fight so be on the lookout for those in the week or two before, prior to those fights but as always thanks for being with us please like and subscribe the videos it helps us immensely and support our um show sponsors athletic greens and uh, factor meals teddy good luck next weekend and i'm looking forward looking forward to seeing you on uh wednesday in new york
1: do your sit-ups because i part of the fight plan is body punching okay
0: <laughs> I always I do my sit-ups do, every day. do a few extra. <laughs> you got it. All right guys, have a great week everyone.